Hi everyone, we just came back from a powerful combined church camp called the X-Church UK Getaway. These are some of our recorded sessions, so enjoy and be blessed. In our first session, really, we started with a time of worship uh, and also a time of prayer and a time of declaring that God, uh, we're here to do business with you. And Lord, we are in the business of losing chains. I want you to know, if you don't know what our God is up to, our God is a God who is into freedom. Our God is a God who is into losing chains. Our God is a God who is into breaking people free from addiction, breaking people free from depression, breaking, breaking people free from their past. And so we started the night with that desire. God, we want to break free. We want to break free from our past and we want to break into the glorious future that you have in store for us. And, you know, we're here as part of this getaway with the theme to rise and rebuild. And every time God wants to, you know, when Jesus came uh, to rebuild uh, God's relationship with men, uh, you know, it is the, the Old Testament sums up this word that, you know, the Savior will come and He will, he will reestablish and He'll rebuild the tabernacle of David. And the tabernacle of David means that uh, it will be, uh, uh, you know, a new form of worship will be introduced. Not a, a form of worship that required uh, animal sacrifices, but a type of worship that will require a sacrifice of the heart uh, and, and, and love and adoration that's declared through emotion, through singing and dancing. And, and I don't think it's coincidence that on the first session, you know, Pastor Cat uh, challenged us and, 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 and taught us how to rebuild the, the tabernacle of David in our lives. You know, just in case you're, you're very old school and very religious and you think, where is my praise or where is your praise it's not spiritual enough uh, you know you can change the topic and go rebuilding the tabernacle of David for session one uh, and, but that is what it is you know rebuilding praise that is such an important thing because there's so much in praise it's not just an activity that we do in church it's not just the two first songs that we sing in church uh, there's so much pr power in praise there's so much declaration in praise there's so much prophetic you know a uh, uh, power and potential in praise. And then we move on uh, to Tiong's session, you know, uh, where is God in your timetable? And being the great administrator that he is, actually it's not really a session on time management. It's a session on where is your heart. Because his answer is this, actually, I, I live a crazy lifestyle, but I honour God anyway. You know, I work until 5am, but I'm still found in church anyway. And I'm there for practice anyway. I'm still there to play basketball so I can connect with one more person that we, even though I'm tired. You know, the reason, and sometimes, you know, we think, like, why is he doing all that? But I know, you know, he goes out, you know, he has supper because he can connect with one more, two more. You know, he goes out basketball so he can connect one more, two more. You know, he, 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 he blesses them uh, all the time, you know, so that he can connect one more to mom. Why? Because he loves God. And, and so the second session is really, you know, where is your heart? And, and so you can see God is establishing, you know, the foundation of praise. And then he's restoring our hearts back to the right place again. And then on top of hearts, we had a very powerful session, you know, by Rachel yesterday, you know, uh, and, you know, in short, where is your yes? You know, are you going to say yes to God? You know, where is that yes? Because it's in the yes that you access into the more that God has in store. Not your abilities, not your performances, but your yes. And that's an attitude. And so God built praise of a foundation. And then God layers it with a heart. That's right. And that on top of that heart is an attitude that pleases God. Because your heart can be in the right place, but if your attitude is nasty, you can't go far in life. You know, a lot of times, you know, we, we have a lot of people in the world and they are CEOs, they're famous chefs, and they always say, my heart is in the right place. That's why I'm scolding people and using F words and stuff like that. But then they can't go far in life because their attitude is at a bad place. And so even though they are a champion in their own industry, they are only a champion in that industry. 
and they are not they they are, they are they are not being enlarged by God to impact even more places. You know, in, when, when brilliant CEOs sometimes go like, you know, you know, I, my heart is right place. That's why I scold you. That's why I, you know I do this. You know, that's why some coaches even use harsh language. But attitude, friends, attitude brings us further than where our heart can bring us. Amen. And, and so then then I, I kept it off last night uh, with. Uh, the issue of, you know, where is your touch? Because when you come, but are you touching God? Because the truth is this, that we're all imperfect and we leak. And whether we leak in weakness or we, if we leak in ministry, we leak. You know, even, you know, as I was ministering uh, throughout the getaway, you know, constantly I could feel uh, just, 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 you know, really uh, uh, very strongly. I would say this is the first time uh, in my entire life of ministry that I felt so strong uh, that that power left me. Power left me as I was praying. Power left me as I was declaring. And this started on Friday night. And the reason why I felt something left me was because it's being received and being claimed by someone. You know, so I'm excited at that because every time something leaves, I go like, wow, somebody's claiming that. So, so yes, you know, I don't mind feeling a bit drained, but at least that, that, that anointing, that healing, that revelation, that inspiration is now being chewed by someone. It's now being planted in someone. And so the thing is this, right? So a beautiful picture, uh, you know, so we leak and so once we leave, where do we go back for refreshing? We go back to praise. And then when we get our praise right, right? Because pray, praise is, is not just singing songs. Praise is declaring. Praise is saying that my problem will be overcome. But guess what? Sometimes we still need to wake up to our problems. And just because we're declaring victory doesn't mean that victory comes the next day. And, and, and good things, let me encourage you this. You know, do not be bought into the lie of the, of the fast food theology. You know, good things never come fast. That's why a baby is never born in three days. You wouldn't want a baby that's born in three days. You want a baby that's born in nine months, right? Or some more, I don't know. Hopefully not two more for, for one of you who, not one of you, but for, for you guys when you eventually you know, become moms and all that. You know, you, you know, good things take time to brew. And so sometimes when you're waiting for your breakthrough, it's because God is brewing a great breakthrough. Not just an easy pass, but something powerful. And so, just because you declare it, doesn't mean you don't wake up and still see the problem. Just because you're believing God for healing, doesn't mean the next day you're still sick. And so, what happens when the next day we're still faced with those issues? We keep declaring. But not just declare, we say, God, I'm going to carry on with life anyway because I love you. I will still turn up because I love you. I don't feel like it, but I love you. And love transcends feelings. Land tran love transcends emotions. And then when you, when you begin to honour God, you know, and be motivated out of a place of love, you know, God begins to allow you to work on your attitude. And then out of that love, you can say yes to God. You know, how did Peter say yes to, you know, Peter was, was he was no formal education recorder of any nature. He was a fisherman by trade. And yet God says that I will use you to build my church. And in the book of Acts, he, he stood up and, and this is a, the dream of every preacher. Is that every preacher will know this and then every preacher prays this. And God, would you use this? And God, I don't know. And sometimes we even say this, God, just give me 10% of the anointing of Peter on the day of Pentecost. Because I don't need to stand up and preach and 3,000 get saved. I just want 10% of that. 10%, 3,000 is 300. Okay, cool. Not good with math. My wife. Oh, praise God. Thank God for wife. And so, you know, 300, <laughs> right? And some of us go like, wow, I would gladly stand and preach and 300 get saved. I would gladly have 10%. And how did he get that anointing? How did he start walking on water? How did his shadow start healing people? It's not because of his training, because he said, he, he said yes to God. 
but before saying yes to God, he said, I love you, Jesus. Be saying yes, before saying yes to taking care of his sheep, before saying yes to feeding his sheep, before saying yes to all that, he said, I love you, I love you, I love you. And so God always starts with love. And out of love, our attitude is correct. And then our attitude causes us to do the more, love other people, serve other people. And then we continue to feel like, oh, I'm so drained. And then where do we go? We go back to praise again. And that praise causes us to recharge because praise allows us to enter in to God's court, allows us to draw into His presence. I love the point that Pastor Cat preached that it is not God's presence that causes you to praise. A lot of us, we, we, we have this fixation, this addiction to God's presence. Can I tell you that God's presence is not for our entertainment. God's presence is to empower us. And a lot of us, we say that I can't feel God, therefore I don't want to come anymore. I can't feel God, therefore I don't feel motivated to read the Bible anymore. No, no, no. You praise God and then you feel His presence. It's not the other way around, you know. And so, so that, that I feel like that's almost like a, 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 a beautiful loop. Uh, 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 to, uh, almost like a dynamo type of loop, you know, that, that, that keeps us going and going and going. Uh, because the, the point that I want to bring to us today is where next? Because we're, gonna, we're, gonna, we're not going to stay in this getaway forever. And now that you have been r risen to a new level, I, I, I declare that, I believe that, you know, now that there has been some rebuilding that has happened, now that you have no rebuilt praise in your life and you've sorted the question of where's praise and you sorted the question of where's God in my life and where's God in my timetable and then you sorted the question of where's my touch. I don't just want to be in a crowd. I want to touch God. Uh, I don't want to uh, be, be crowding around church. I want to touch God because one touch from God solves all of my problems. Uh, but I will still leak and so I, I go back. And so the dynamo uh, it, no, generates power but the power we got to ask ourselves, where is this power going to? So the question I want to phrase to everyone is, where's next? And, 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 and I know it sounds serious. And so let me break it down by telling you, I promised this yesterday, by telling you a funny quote about me. Uh, my wife knows this, uh, especially after we got married, especially coming over here. Because even uh, when we first got married, and even though I love cooking, our busy schedule didn't allow uh, me to even uh, cook her uh, dinner. Uh, and uh, I did once, but it was so long and out of practice that she came back and she had it, and she says that, yeah, let's go out for dinner. And, uh, but, but it's okay, I, I agreed too. I go like, I'm sorry, I don't know what happened. Uh, and uh, it, it was my first time cooking with wine and my last time cooking with wine. Uh, <laughs> I, I must have bought a really cheap wine because it was like nasty. Uh, and, uh, so we, and, and so coming over here, uh, I've been blessed with uh, no more time in my life and one of the things that we get to enjoy together is to cook. Uh, well, more like me cook and she gets to eat. Uh, and, uh, but she, she promises to do the dishes and she does, you know, so, so I love her. Uh, and uh, uh, the, you know, one of the things that she discovers when I'm in the kitchen uh, I'm, because I'm the one that does most of cooking, if I accidentally spill something, uh, I get mad. Right, Kat? I get like, like I'm, and I'm not like mad breaking stuff. I'm mad at myself. And I just get I'm, like, and, and, and it's something that I don't even know what overcame me. I'm like, and like, let's say I'm cooking a pot of soup and I'm transferring into a smaller bowl 
And then I'm talking about big spill, right? I'm not just talking about as you ladle, we spill around the corner. That's normal, okay? So, yeah, you're probably thinking, oh, no, this guy, he's a psycho. Uh, you know, you know he's, he's got some OCD issues. No, 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 no. You know, big spills, big spills, you know? And so let's say I'm, I'm pouring something and I miss the mark and it pours, you know, over the counter onto the floor. You know what I'm saying? You know, and, or you're, 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 you're cooking something precious, something like soup or something precious for students like instant noodle, you know, and, 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 and then you miss the mark and then or you spill and then, half the bowl of soup is gone and I get really mad and I get like oh, I get so agitated maybe that's the word for it I get so agitated and I'm there scrambling to just mop it up uh, and I've noticed that I'm, I've also don't like spills and I, I don't I've only recently discovered this about myself and so sometimes when I have people over and uh, you know we'll be having food and they can be pouring drinks and, and these are the minor spills and when I'm there I see a minor spill next to a cup I have the urge to go grab a kitchen towel and, and wipe that even though we're still having dinner and probably there'll still be more spills and I'll wipe that and keep that kitchen cloth around the corner and every time a minor spill happens I'll just quickly wipe it and, and I don't know why I, I'm like that uh, uh, my wife is whispering uh, that I think he's OCD I'm not, I'm not, I'm not that organized, so I don't think I'm an OCD person, but it's just this pet peeve. And so, uh, um, uh, even preparing for this getaway, uh, it's funny how God speaks, but even in preparing for this getaway, God gave me a revelation on why it bugs me so much. And I think that it's something that, you know, sometimes God plants something in you that you don't even realize it's just not there to make you quirky, it's there to actually uh, 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 give you a spiritual revelation. And so God put this quirkiness in me and only recently, after I had to experience my own quirkiness, only recently in the last couple of weeks as I was preparing for this, God gave me the revelation. The revelation is this, Dave, when you were growing up, uh, your granddad told you stories about World War II and how, you know, and from young, you were, you were actually trained to, uh, to finish your plate clean. Because your granddad would tell you stories about how during the war there was no rice, and, and so they had to run and, and you know to you know among the war war zone and maybe pick up you know little pieces you know little grains of rice uh, and they tried to collect it because you know because maybe someone took a big sack and it was torn in half and so so my grandfather said that's what we used to do and so don't waste. And I'm, I'm, that's, that was ingrained within me. Don't don't waste, you know. And my mom's a great cook, and she doesn't waste. And so she can take anything and and make it delicious, you know. So she can, you know, when people can uh, uh, take all the bits and bobs and and left with fish head, you know, she can take all the fish head and she can somehow make it into something delicious. I would not eat it, however, but I've been told that it is delicious, you know. It at least smells really good because I'm not a fish head person. I know some people are. You know, there was recently a church member who told me, Pastor, I love fish eyes. And I had to immediately refrain judgment and condemnation upon that person. I was like, that's the sister, brother, that's just, that's just not real. You know, that, that, I don't think that's God's plan for you. No, I'm just joking. You know, so I'm, I'm just not a fish head person, right? So, but my mom is able to take all the bits and bobs. And, and so one of her favorite dishes uh, during Chinese New Year, during our every year family reunion, is this like, um, I don't know how to translate it because, uh, because now all, all messages are recorded. So hopefully our foreign uh, listeners will understand this. is salted vegetable soup. Uh, and it's, it's not just salty veg. It's got 
all the bits and bobs. It's got like the 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 the, the duck neck, the chicken neck, the all the you know all the the the, the stuff that a lot of people don't eat, uh, or you know sometimes even you know and it will be brewed into it, uh, and it will come out as beautiful soup because again my mom in her cooking doesn't like waste, and so unknowingly uh, there's a lot of things that have been inputted in me that says don't waste, don't waste, don't waste. But more than anything, and you know, so as a result, I, 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 as, as God began to give me this revelation, I go like, oh, no wonder I have this other quirky habit, which is I'm a hoarder. I love to hoard stuff. You know, if I... <laughs> uh, and, and, and it's all going somewhere. Tell your neighbor, it's going somewhere. It's going somewhere. Okay? So out of this desire not to waste, you know, came this hoarding thing. Uh, but it's okay, you know, uh, uh, you know, it... it you know, and uh, but that's fine because I, I believe you know hoarding. You know, people just like to you know take stuff, and if it doesn't matter to them anymore, they throw it away. But I believe that out of that hoarding, uh, God gave me a compassionate heart, a pastoral heart. You know, that I will, I will, I will just hoard people in church. You know, uh, it doesn't matter whether you feel you have a high value or low value. I just want you, and, and God wants you, and there's a place for you. You know, it doesn't matter if you feel that you're just an empty jar, uh, you're just a used uh, pasta sauce. There's a place for you in church. Amen. Somebody say amen. I see that word setting people free. <laughs> uh, but then came all this agitation when it comes to spillage. And then God finally gave me this revelation. The reason why, especially now that you come to UK and this bugs you even more. And I realized, oh yeah, in Malaysia it doesn't quite bug me. You know, I feel bad for spilling, but it never makes me angry. And God says that because I've linked it now with a spiritual frustration. And, and, and I've created within you a heart that gets frustrated and gets agitated when you see spiritual wastage. And, and, and when you spill something, it's, it's gone to waste. You can't redeem it. And, and that's why my heart begins to get frustrated when I look at people with great potential, with great gifting, yet they're choosing to sit on that gifting and not surrender it to God. And, and, and what I see, and even though I'm a hoarder and there's a place in church for you, that at the same time, I'm, I'm loving you, I'm hoarding you lovingly, uh, uh, but, but then there's this inner frustration to say, oh, but can't you see that you're wasting your potential? Can't you see that you're wasting your opportunities? Can't you see that there is a more divine application for the giftings that God has placed in your life, for the strength that God has placed in your life? And I begin to, you know, and, and, and so this morning's message is tied into that because I want to give us a, 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 a direction to where to go next because I don't want to waste. I, I hate wasting resources, especially God's resource. I hate wasting God's time. I hate wasting God's opportunity. And, you know, and, and it's rare that we get to meet together as a whole church, and I know a lot of our church members are also not here. So I pray that if this message touches you, you will go back and you will be a catalyst onto them. And you will tell them, you will shake them, and you will try to transfer your fire to them. And when you leave, come back to that place of praise again and get yourself refilled. You know, but God's been dropping into you know, me things that He wants to see us as a church do. You know, and God is saying that, you know, X, UK, Bristol, London, Edinburgh, uh, you guys have been around for a while now. And while you're still a young church, and by our demographic, we are definitely young. But in the eyes of God, He can use young people. 
And I sense that God is saying that, yes, you are young, but you've been around for a while now. And, and, and I'm, because I'm the God who uses young people, I am a God who also uses young churches. And so even though you might feel small, uh, God reminded us again, you know, that, that the, 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 the size of our faith is not dependent on the size of our church. It's dependent on the size of our God. And our God is limitless. Our God is huge. And so our size, should, our size of our faith should mirror that. And God began to speak, say that, you know, I, I know you guys have been around, but I want to see more things birth out of your church. I have great plans for your church, you know. And, 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 and God started to, to drop things that are, for me, I, I feel overwhelmed. But God saying that I want our, our church to be strong in, in reaching the community and in, in feeding the poor. And I'm like, you know, and, and I'm like, oh God, oh. you know, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to, to feed them sometimes and now we have to feed and God says, no, I want us to be a church that because you're so blessed and God says that there are needs in this nation and the church that we exist is not just for spiritual transformation but also physical transformation. And God is saying that to me many times, you know, I want you to lead our church. I want you to get excited, get ready. I want you to know to lead our church in the direction where we, we start looking beyond the four walls of our church, looking beyond who we are, looking beyond our age and begin to say that, yes, let's start doing something that will impact the community around us. Let's do something that would feed the city. Let's do something that will help the homeless. And I felt God say to us, you know, the sum, uh, winter is coming. You know, what are you doing now that the, the, the weather is getting colder, now that there are more people, even more people in the streets, you know, and, and uh, are you doing something? I know at the same time, Christmas is coming, but God is not leading us just to do it over Christmas. You know, I know that uh, our church in London and, and all in Bristol also, we've been, been doing street feeding once in a while, but God is saying that I want you to now move to the next level. I want it to see not just once in a while, not just once a year, uh, but to see it happen on a more consistent basis. And then God begins to drop something crazy like I want you to mobilize the men first. Because when I say street feeding, immediately the, all the girls in the, I can see their eyes go like, mm, Pastor, that's my ministry. And yet I can see God says that, yeah, that is, that is part of the nature to be loving. But God wants to see a revival among men in our church. And to see men rise up to become and stop wasting our manhood. And stop let pornography waste our manhood. And stop let alcohol waste our manhood. And stop letting the dumb things in our life waste our manhood. But to apply our manhood, to apply our strength, to lifting those that are weaker. And God says that what you do, this is why I feel overwhelmed. This is where we're going next. Now that we've been filled, now that we've been set free, now that the chains are broken, where next? Otherwise, we'll keep leaking. We need, to, we need to apply this freedom. And God is saying that He wants the men to rise up. Because it does bug me at the wasted potential of men. The enemy is attacking fatherhood in our society today and more and more people are living in a family that does not have strong father figures and is raising weak men. And God is saying about, I'm in the business of restoring manhood, real manhood. Real manhood is not about sex and how long you can last in the bedroom or the size of your body part. Real manhood is about standing up for the righteous things of God. Real manhood is about rising up and defending the poor and defending those that cannot defend themselves. And God wants to see a restoration. God speak to me. I know you're young, but I want you to dare to believe that out of your young church, and I know you're already reaching students, but I want that to, to even dare to see 
you know, youth ministries birthed out. And, and again, I know we're all in different plans and I'm not trying to overwhelm you, Rachel and Tiong, uh, but, you know, I'm not saying do these, but I'm saying catch the spirit. Catch the spirit of the more. Catch the spirit of the what's next. And this is maybe, maybe this is more for London, but it's not just for London. And God recently told me as I was preaching a message recently about the, 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 the maximizing our potential, using the parable of the talents. And God is saying that, you know, church in London, He has allowed our paths to very supernatural cross with this family from Myanmar. And uh, the, the, the parents are from Myanmar, they are believers, they are Christians, but they worship at a Myanmar church. And the children are born in this country, but they are kind of stuck in between. Uh, they have a, a kind of like a Burmese upbringing, uh, but at the same time, English is their main language, yet the church their parents go to, uh, you know, Burmese is the main language that is used to preach and worship, and that's beautiful in that. And so this mom one day came to our church with the two kids, and I speaking to her, and I said, oh, how did you finance? Oh, a doctor so-and-so asked us to check you out. And I go, a doctor so-and-so, and it was a Caucasian name. I go, I do not know this doctor so-and-so. Really, this doctor so-and-so says that there's a good church here and I should bring my young people here. You see, God's setting us up in ways that you don't even know. I don't even know who this doctor so-and-so is. For all you know, he's an angel. <laughs> but, but the bottom line is this, that God has given us and, and feel God says that, Dave, I've given you two teenagers. What are you doing with them? And, and what are you doing with them? And They've come to church a few times. Like every time they come, I just feel that there is a certain disconnect as well. One's 10, one's 15. And God is saying that there, there needs to be something more for them. And, and, it's, and, and sometimes I don't want to be wasting the talents that God has given us. And I fear the day where I go before God and God says that you were in London, but where was my youth ministry? And I say that, but God, I had students. No, where's my teens ministry? And I can say that, oh, God, I didn't have teens. And God says, I brought you two. What did you do with the two? And the parable of the talent, God gave the person two and he worked it and he had four. And I'm saying that God, I don't want to, I want to see, and it, who else me? Because who will do it? And God says, I want it on. This is not your pastor, this is God. God says, I want it on a Saturday. I want it to be a Saturday morning thing. And obviously it can't be us because we're needed to be in Bristol. And so what God is saying that, it, yeah, and it can't be you guys. Because it cannot be, always be you guys. This is a church. It's got to be a next level rising up. And then I did some research. And then with, when dealing with minors in this country, you've got to get yourself checked by the police. And you can never just do a one-man team. So it's got to be a team team. And I'm like, God, where do I find a team team? I'm here frustrated at some of my own church's spiritual wastage. And here, God, you're... And God says, just share it. And they will respond. God wants to see of our church birth a powerful women's ministry. And I know this word freaks out Pastor Kat because she goes, women, that's like an older woman. I'm a girl. It's okay. It's just technicality. Call it girls' ministry. You know? Call it God's girls. Okay, so cheesy. I'm so sorry. Take it back. <laughs> girls for Christ. Okay, okay. I'll take it back. <laughs> GFC. Then you can have ministry at KFC. Anyway. 
<laughs> Girls for Christ will lead to kids for Christ. Uh, anyway, so... And then we'll have men for Christ at the multi-faith chapel. Anyway, so... Uh, MFC. Um, <laughs> and God is saying that I want to see a women's ministry birthed out. No, and and... and and, and, and as I'm saying this, you know, I'm not just saying in London, but it's, it's you know, God wants to see the more birth out of our church. Edinburgh, I know on the physical, it feels like three years old as a church can't do much. But the Bible is full of people dedicated to the Lord since they were babies. Marked aside, set aside. And I don't know how old Moses was when he was floating down the river, but even as a toddler, maybe two he was already used as a sign of a miracle. I believe that for all of our church plants. I believe out of Bristol, you know, I'm prophesying to come a powerful sports ministry, you know, because the advantage of Sunday, where you guys are free up. And it says that God says that it's for a purpose, you know. And it's not just a day for people to go watch movies and whatnot, but there can be a powerful sports ministry birth out, you know, coming out of it. You know, maybe, I don't know, I, I, you know, captain ball, volleyball, basketball, maybe even things that have nothing to do with balls uh, can, can, can come out of it, you know, like, but there will be a powerful sports ministry that will come out. Uh, maybe frisbee, I don't know, you know but, but God is saying that, you know, I want you to think of the more. Uh, you know, God, God desires a full house. Our God desires a crowd. You know, and He not just desires, but He deserves a crowd because the name of Jesus is too beautiful, too powerful, right? So I'm, I'm, I'm and, and God's even dropping more things than, and I feel so overwhelmed. Uh, but how many know that you don't need to be a pastor to have these things drop over you to feel overwhelmed? Maybe God in this getaway has already dropped different things in your heart and you already feel overwhelmed. Maybe that thing is that, you know, you're faced with an important decision you got to make and you feel so overwhelmed. So I'm just sharing my overwhelmness because I know that throughout this getaway, God's also been speaking. And sometimes the visions of God, the things of God, the direction from God, the challenge from God can paralyze us. And we go back to that place of like, I don't know what to do. And, I, and then we procrastinate. And then we end up wasting time. We end up wasting our potential. And, 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 and I was meditating upon this whole thing about wastage and why I get so agitated about it and why God gave me this quirk and it's not just so that I can be, you know, a mango maniac in church, but God says that this is also my personality because I'm also a God who hates wastage. Think about it. God never wastes anything. When He fed the 5,000, what did He specifically ask the disciples to do? Pick up the leftovers and there was 12 basket full. Why was this specifically listed? There were 12 basket full of leftovers because our God does not waste. I don't know what God did with some crumbs and fish. Maybe he made fish cakes and maybe that was like the first invention of fish cakes, you know, in the Middle East. But God does not waste. Even in the Old Testament when, when Elijah, you know, was, you know, in the time of famine, he went to the widow who didn't have much. The widow said, I only have a little oil left and a little flour left. And yet God could use that little because our God does not waste. And our God does not stand for things that are wasted. That's why even the parable of the talent, he was so angry at the wasted potential that was buried. 
you could have at least put it in the bank that it would have not gone to waste. Yeah, I might not get another full talent, but at least I'll get 1.5 talent and that's better than having non-talent because our God is again into wastage. And, 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 and so my heart for you is this, that you know, God has spoken to you. I believe that. God has released word over your life. I believe that. God has given you certain challenges. I believe that. And that challenge requires sacrifice. That challenge requires you to step up to the next level. That challenge requires you to apply the, the principle of, of getting your praise right, your heart right, your attitude right, and then going back to praise again because you will be leaking. Whether you're doing good or doing bad, you will be leaking. And, and so God wants us to turn to Galatians chapter 2, verse 20. And God dropped this verse into my heart. And uh, with the remaining time left, and this is just, you know, possibly my first time preaching a one-point message because I was inspired by Tiong. And if I could give, if you, if you thought where's next is not cool enough a title, <laughs> uh, uh, God also dropped this into my heart to describe my message today. And the word is battle cry. And on the first night, you know, so this is our last session, so it bookends with the first session. On the first night, we learn from blind Bartimaeus who cried out. But it was a cry of desperation. And he cried out. And it was not his silence that enabled him to break through. It was his crying out that gave him the victory and gave him the miracle. It was his crying out. And so the first night, we started with a a desperate cry. But today, we're going to end with a battle cry. Because God has heard our desperate cry. And God has done heart surgery. And God has inputted in us. And God has given us missions. I'm just sharing you some of the missions that God has dropped into my heart and how to get that into place. But God's also put into your heart missions. And it can be as simple as, I'm going to start serving. And that's your mission. And, and, and that it overwhelms you even. Because you go like, oh, but I don't feel good enough. I'm not sure. You know, sometimes I can't wake up. Oh, but serve. Oh, but what if serve? And get yourself, you know, you say, and the Bible says this, you know, without vision, the people perish. And that's why God gives us missions. Because the mission doubles as a vision. You know, a direction to, to focus on. And so maybe some of us is to start serving. Maybe some of you here is to, you know, get right with God and begin to make a, a painful but right decision of, of maybe disconnecting with some people that are toxic in your life. You know, maybe for some of you here is to rise up and, and before this, you, you, you struggle. You struggle with giving to God. You struggle with giving and yet God is, rise, is challenging you to say that I gave my all to you and God, I bless you with so much resources. Would you stop letting those resources go to waste and start using those resources to serve my kingdom? And yet it overwhelms us. I'm just going to be real with you. It overwhelms us. And I'm judging you. You know, we're all on a different journey and everything that God drops us will overwhelm us. You know, if, if you hear from God and it doesn't overwhelm you, it's not God. Because when God challenges, it's always overwhelming. Walk on water, overwhelming. Five loaves, two fish, feed the 5,000, overwhelming. Three days later, I will raise from the grave, very overwhelming. I will build my church and then he goes and hangs on the cross. Absolutely overwhelming for the apostles, for the disciples. Jesus, what, what, what? 
Be faithful, I'll be back in three days. Okay. Go into the world, preach the gospel. Into the world? I haven't been to Jordan. Some of them probably said. Into the world? I don't even know which direction is Egypt. Into the world? And Thomas probably going like, into the world? I'm not even sure whether Jesus really rose up from the grave. And yet today we have a Christian movement called the Matoma Church Movement that proclaims that Thomas went all the way to India. He was overwhelmed, but he went anyway. And when we feel overwhelmed, God gave me this revelation. You know, He's a God that gives us a voice for a reason. He's a, he's, he's a God who, 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 who challenges us to, to, to use everything and our ability to honour Him. So today, even as we started with a desperate cry, right now, God wants, to, wants this verse to be our battle cry. In the face of whatever mission that God has given you, let this be your battle cry. I'm sure all of you here are familiar, know what a battle cry is, right? You know, those of you from, from Scotland, Edinburgh, you know, because there's this very famous yet old show, and despite its oldness, it's still very big in Scotland. Uh, despite a lot of historical inaccuracies, its battle cry is very famous, and it's a movie called Braveheart. And it's got that, that, that battle cry that says that you might take my life, but you'll never take my freedom. And then they all went charging into battle. Because yeah, we will die, but we die as free men. It was their battle cry. And uh, my wife has never watched a single Lord of the Rings. So God's forgiveness upon her. But as I can say that, as I said that, a lot of girls in, in church to go like, so what? Like, <laughs> that's me too. Amen, sister. Okay. I think you just found your, your, your women's outreach there. <laughs> can, we, can we start with a chick flick night? I don't know. <laughs> Chicks for Christ. Okay, no, okay, okay, okay. So, so. Okay, okay. Sorry, sorry, sorry. I'll leave it. I'll leave it to you, Pastor Kerr. I'll leave it to you, Rachel. Yeah, you guys can figure it out. <laughs> but there's a battle cry that says not today. And I don't know the full line, but that battle cry, the one that I remember, is not today. There will be a day where we lose all will to fight, but not today. There will be a day where, where we have no longer no have strength to pick up our, our, our swords, but not today. There will be a day where we have no longer any fight left in us, but not today. And then they charge, and they, they, they fought against the forces of evil, and, 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 and battle cry. And God's into battle cries. King David's battle cry before he was a king, when he was a young kid. Think about it again. God is in the business of using young people. And he stepped out, and his battle cry was this. Who, <laughs> his battle cry is hardcore. Who is this uncircumcised Philistine? <laughs> Trademark David. <laughs> of, all, <laughs> of all descriptions, he had to go, wow. But there was a battle cry that made him rise up and go like, don't you, who is this uncircumcised, disgusting Philistine who dares to besmirch the name of my God? The God who enables me to, to, to fight away the lion and fight away the bear. The God that I sing to alone as I'm tending my sheep. The God that I love. The God that, that when I was nothing, when I was a kid, when even my own family didn't like me, when the prophet Samuel went to anoint the next king for Israel and asked the dad, Jesse, bring out all your kids, David wasn't called. Can you imagine being left out from a family reunion? 
Can you imagine that? Not a family reunion. Can you imagine if, if your dad won the lottery and you're not invited to the party? Can you imagine if, if you know, the prime minister goes to your family for a dinner and then you're not invited and you're asked to stand outside, take care of the cars? And yet, David, even a boy that his family looked down upon, God used. That's why for him, he's like, no, this is my battle cry because I will not be overwhelmed. God has placed destiny within me and I might be small, but with this battle cry, I will charge forward. So where next? The where next is into the missions that God has given you. The where next is to take up the challenges, the mountains that God has given you. I know God, the Word of God says that with faith like a mustard seed, we can move mountains, but sometimes God will also give us the mustard seed to climb that mountain. But it starts with a battle cry, and this is the battle cry. And this is what I want to do. This is, this is, this, the one point is this, you've got to have scriptural battle cries in your life. This is for all you super note takers. I just had to add in the word scriptural. But it's true. The Word of God is there for us to claim authority. The Word of God is there for us to claim promises. But the Word of God is also there for us to shout down the enemy and shout up our faith. And this is that one point that I want to leave with you. This is, you know, and we live in a world where, you know, God bless technology, but as believers, we should love the Word of God enough to memorize it. I really believe it. You know, and John 3.16 shouldn't be the only thing that we memorize. Maybe this can be one more thing that you memorize. And with the remaining time that we have, this is what I want to do. As a church, we're going to memorize this together. We're going to do church a bit old school today. I know if we hinted it at that because we started saying trading my sorrows. And some of you are thinking like, what song is that? <laughs> did, you, did we write that song? <laughs> no, it's a very old song, but it's an anointed song. But let's read together. Why is this? After today, despite the overwhelmingness of what faces us, what do we need to say to ourselves? We can only say this. Galatians 2.20, I have been crucified with Christ. The next day when you wake up and God prompts you, hey, Remember the challenge? I challenged you at the camp. Oh God, I don't know. I can't do it. I don't feel like it. What do you say? Amen. When God drops into your heart, when you feel like you don't have time anymore, when you feel like crunch time is in the corner, and you feel every temptation to maybe give God a miss and give church a miss, what do you do? Do you go back to your old lifestyle? Do you try to rebuild what God has already tore down? Or would you say to your flesh, would you have a battle cry and cry out to your flesh and you say this, I have been crucified with Christ and it is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave Himself for me. I love this scripture because it doesn't deny the fact that we are still coated in the flesh. But despite living in the flesh, I will still live by faith. And not by faith in church, not by faith in preaching, but faith in the Son of God who didn't just care for me, He loved me. Who didn't just say it, He loves you, He died for me because He gave Himself for me. This is my battle cry. 
This is my battle cry against the enemy. This is my battle cry against temptation. The next time you go back, and you've been set free, you know, and different things. Maybe it's, you know, temptation, addiction to pornography, and, and, and you, you're set free, and then you go back, and in your tiredness, the itch comes again. But what do you do? Do you follow the itch? No, you tell your hand. You say, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave Himself for me. It's no longer I who live. It's no longer my life. I can just put stuff in me. I can just come put trash in me. It's not me and me alone. It's Christ in me. I can't share pornography with Christ in me. I can't share addiction with Christ in me. I can't share unforgiveness with Christ in me. I can't share laziness with Christ in me. I can't share being unequally yoked with Christ in me because it's no longer about me because I have been crucified. And it is Christ who lives in me and the life that I now live. And even though it's in the flesh, the life that I now live, even though there will be days where I don't feel like it, the life that I now live, even though there will be days that I fail, I will still pick myself up because I live by faith. Faith doesn't mean never falling. Faith just means the ability to pick yourself up again and again and again. Because your trust is not in your own performance. Your trust is in the power of Jesus. Let's say it one more time. Let's say it. And in a while, maybe Tom, we don't even need it on. Because I want us to personalize it. Can we do that, church? With the remainder time that we have, let's, let's, let's get real with God. Amen. Let's, 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 let's shut it out. You know, if this is your battle cry, then, 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 then belt it out like a battle cry. Amen. Let's do it, church. Amen. Hallelujah. I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Again, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Again, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. One more time. I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life that I now live according to the flesh, I no longer have faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. If the least we could do is walk away this getaway and go like, I got one more scripture within me that is not dependent on an app, that's not dependent on a verse, on my Bible, it's not dependent on a bookmark. I've got something programmed and hardwired into my spirit. Man, this is a powerful scripture. This is a battle cry. This, 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 you know, as a, as a believer, we cannot forever remain at John 3.16. We cannot just remain at God loves me, God loves me, God loves me. Great, now that He loves you, and would you love Him back? And this is the type of love that He desires. When you love someone, you don't just give them anything. You give them something that pleases them. Let's all stand. Let's all stand. Because in all the media that portrays battle cries, guess what? They never say it seated down. So this is what I wanted you to do.
I want you to respond to some of these challenges that I'm going to throw at you. Are you ready? Whatever I say, you just recite this scripture back. And I want you to recite it with more confidence each time. Let's start with a simple question. What are you going to do on Monday? What are you going to do in that middle of the night when that temptation comes? That's right. And what are you going to do the next time you feel so overwhelmed by work? You feel so overwhelmed by life. You still feel so overwhelmed by all the bad news that's happening around you. And people are just telling you, quit. People are just telling you, give up. People are even telling you that it's not worth it. What do you say? Do you say that, yeah, you're right? Or do you say to your flesh? Do you say, and do you, or do you shout it out in your spirit? What do you say? It's no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. And the life that I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loves me and gave his life for me. Amen. The next time your, your friends try to influence you and try to say, come on, you know what, what live life once, man. Just go all out. What are you going to do? Now I want you to visualize that mission that God has given you. That thing that God has spoken you. Whether it's a calling to rise up, whether it's an instruction to tear down certain parts of your life. And no, immediately there's you feel your flesh, I can tell you, your flesh resists. Because our flesh doesn't like change. So I want you to visualize what's that challenge? I believe that God has challenged. And this time I want you to let out a battle cry, not for me, not for your neighbor. But I want you to let out a battle cry against that resistance to the more that God has in store for you. Against the fear that's already right now causing you to doubt whether you really heard from God. You know, we wrestle with fear more than we realize. We wrestle with anxiety more than we realize. But, but, but we can't just stay the way we are. We, we who have been set free, set free, friends, set free, shouldn't go back to the prison of fear again. We who have been set free, set free by the blood of the Lamb, shouldn't just run off into the darkness again. So I want you to imagine that, visualize that, and I want you to shout it out for yourself, for your own freedom.